1: Slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Oh, get buckets. Otto
2: Porter, All night long.
1: On Twitter, at LockedOnBulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. People have their opinions. What that, other falsehoods what are out
0: there? What A lot of the perception things about us.
2: Are players buying in, Jim?
0: I, yes. Fair enough. Look Rebuilds are difficult. Sometimes it takes years and years. I still believe, given a, a really good offseason with this draft pick that we have coming and with our ability to, to get some veteran players in here alongside these young guys, we, we can make a substantial leap. Kick back. Relax. Locked on Bulls starts now. My job is to prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. And these guys are men. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck.
3: What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331 979 1369. Drop your texts, your voicemails, anything you got for us. Hit us up, 331-979-1369. Our sponsors for today's show include Indochino and MyBookie. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of three ninety nine dollars or more at Indochino.com when you enter the promo code Locked On at checkout. All right, so real quick, back here for another episode. Bulls win last night in Atlanta. Completely different game than we saw on Tuesday night against the Lakers. Matt Peck is out today. But I have a special guest on today Uh, Tony Gill from 670 The Score Executive producer of The Lawrence Holmes Show Monday through Friday 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Central Time. So make sure you hear him there. He's also the host of the No Zones podcast and covers the Bulls for 670 The Score. So he hopped on with me. Great conversation. I see Tony all the time in the hallways and every time I see him, uh, we always chop it up 15-20 minutes about the Bulls and have to catch up on our thoughts and opinions. So I figured I would grab him for today's show coming off a win. Talk about a lot of different things and really interesting conversation too um, about things people aren't talking about with this Bulls team. Denzel Van Valentine, the bench unit. What happened with that Hawks win? um, All of that together in about 40 minutes for you. So, without further ado, here is Tony Gill. now we welcome on, for the first time this season, we haven't had a guest in a really long time, uh, but glad to have this guy on, Tony Gill from 670 The Score, executive producer of the Lawrence Home Show, uh, from 12 to 2, Monday through Friday, again on The Score. He also covers the Bulls for 670 The Score and hosts the No Zones podcast, a lot of you know the No Zones podcast, another Bulls podcast, part of the Bulls family, uh, but Tony, it's Ben, uh, we talk off mic all the time. I see you when I'm inside in the score, but it's nice to have you back on the show. It's been a drought for us, I guess, as far as guests. Matt and I haven't really had one on, but how you doing?
2: Good, man. Um, Matt already needed a break from the Bulls. We're only nine games. <laughs> <I guess>.
3: <laughs> 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 this for sure, I told him that I'm like, man, uh, you and I must Need to take at least a handful of breaks If the season's gonna go the way it started Already, so yeah He's uh, he's down in Houston right now And probably enjoying way better weather Than we are here, but um, Speaking of Houston, uh, Bulls See Houston later this weekend As well as the two games that they Played this week, the Hawks and the Lakers Let's start there though, Tony Let's start with last night's win complete opposite of what we saw against the Lakers just a night ago. Um, Give me some highlights, what you thought the reaction was after that brutal Lakers loss and the collapse in the fourth quarter. What did you like that you saw from the Hawks game um, in comparison to what you saw at the Lakers game?
2: Um, They played like it hurt bad enough. And um, if you were, if everybody's listening to uh, what happened after the post game, after that Lakers loss, Thad young, I made a reference to, hey, when guys will start taking this more seriously from night to night when it hurts bad enough, when those losses start to hurt really bad, and then you'll see some change. And at least for at least last night's sake, we saw it looked like it, that loss hurt bad enough. Uh, they came out defensively, knowing they knowing the game plan. Everybody was in tune, uh, knowing what they wanted to do to Trey Young, who was primarily their main scorer with. John Collins out for uh, to, for the uh, PED suspension for the next 25. Um, the Bulls they look ready, and that was issues uh, going into various games so far this season of them not looking like they're ready to play a basketball game. Um, that Pacers game in particular, where they should have won that game handily, they were getting dog walked by the you know the Pacers B team. Um, that's embarrassing. And then you go to that Lakers game, they had that game in hand the lakers looked like they had the chicago flu which i had no idea existed i thought that was just a miami or los angeles thing but apparently chicago has (laughs) has the chicago flu um and they they weren't ready to play the only person that came to play was lebron all night long um but everybody else anthony davis looked sluggish everybody else was awful and you had that game in hand and you let that one slip and to go down by ten in the in the fourth quarter at one point, uh, and then ultimately lose. That was that was crazy. So last night um, we saw aggressiveness on defense, and we saw some aggressiveness for the first time this season from Thomas Sadoransky, uh which was great because he's I mean you and and everybody else has that has been watching this team knew that Thomas was going to be the starter from day one. And we were still looking for, okay, what what's the reasoning why, you know, you're going to be a starter for the remainder of the season. Uh, people that weren't sure starting to feel, you know, a little bit confident in their, you know, in their takes of, they don't know about Thomas when we were telling them, like, no, he's he's going to be the best fit for this team starting wise. Um, but it, it was hard to say, hey, people, the first question, people will come up, hey, when is Kobe going to start? When is Kobe going to start? N- knowing that. Kobe's best usage for right now is coming off the bench uh, in that scoring role, knowing how big of a deal being the starter, starting point guard and how much responsibility that is, um, he wasn't ready. And Thomas is the, the guy for right now uh, to start, and he played really well. He said he wanted to be and needed to be more aggressive on the offensive end. Um, and it showed up last night uh, with his career high of 27 points. And we saw a Market inciting. in you know first time in four games he shot double digit uh had double digit attempts i mean majority of them was at the three point line but hey you know we just asked him for double digit uh attempts at this point for Larry, Uh and he did that so there was there was a lot of good things uh for the Bulls to build on Uh, after that win against
3: Atlanta. Yeah, I want to circle back to that Kobe White and Thomas Adoransky conversation in a second, but I thought you brought up a good point. It's kind of embarrassing when you look back at that Lakers game on Tuesday and realize LeBron for that fourth quarter stretch wasn't even in the game. They let that Lakers team go on a 29-4 to run in the first eight minutes of that fourth quarter and pretty much coughed up the entire lead that they had. So I felt like that was sort of embarrassing and then... Some Jim Boy- weird Jim Boylan moves, too, of not calling a timeout and not pulling his second unit out. And then he had quotes at the end of the game, too, where we're a little bit bizarre. Um, but on the positive side of that, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, on the positive side of that, though, for them to come out into the first quarter and basically kick the teeth into the Hawks in the first quarter and go on their themselves a really long run at 26-7, to seven, uh, I think was a good... It's a good indication that this team cares about those wins and kind of going off of what you said about Thaddeus Young and his comments is this shows at least fans and shows everybody else, veterans in that locker room too. These younger guys care and it does hurt when it when they lose. Um so Again, I take it with a grain of salt because again, the Atlanta Hawks are one of these rebuilding teams. Uh, the guards had a really good games. Saturansky had twenty-seven. Um, I hate to do this on the negative side, but Trey Young was one of the worst defenders in all of basketball last year, and it hasn't improved all that much either. So I'm not that surprised. Him and Chris Dunn had really, really nice offensive nights. Um, but again, it's it's good to see that type of rebound. You didn't want the Bulls to go to Atlanta and drop a goose egg against a team and watch guys like Jabari Parker and Alex Len and Trey Young go off on you so um, with Thomas Sadaransky and Kobe White do you think that those two guys there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of attention put on both of those guys when these both have ups and downs like Kobe White right now coming off the bench he's had some moments where his offense has been good but for the most part it still seems like it's going to be a work in progress whereas Sadaransky is more the veteran and I think People bag on him when he has bad offensive games and call for Kobe White, but I don't think they understand necessarily what the long-term effect of that would be.
2: When you're looking for a a starting point guard, you're looking for a guy that can be a leader, be the coach on the floor uh, for a basketball team, and Kobe isn't there just yet. Um, But Right now, the best use for him is, hey, just go out there and get buckets is what you're naturally good at. Um, is what you're naturally inclined to do is look for your shot versus trying to create for everybody else So how about you just go in there and do that and we'll figure it out? Um going into the season I You know with the Bulls saying using the, the playoff word and knowing that you know the large majority of the people that watch uh, Didn't expect the Bulls for, uh, to make the playoffs, but that's what that's what their goal was. So okay, if that's what your goal is that means Kobe is not going to be afforded a lot of chances to kind of flesh things out. Um, and that's a big thing. If you have a young point guard, especially in this day and age where the point guard is has become extremely important, has a lot of things on their plate, they need a lot of room, especially their rookie, their rookie year, to kind of get used to the league. And they may need the entire season um to figure it out. it took Trey Young and ha- a half a season uh to figure it out. He had right. horrible in the beginning and then picked it up, you know, in the second half of the playoffs Luka Doncic started really, really hot, um, but then kinda of tailed off towards the back end. So for young point guards, they need time to work and develop. Um and with the Bulls kind of going on this rear fighting for the playoff spot, I was concerned is he gonna get enough opportunity to do all the things and for right now he's not because you know one he has to do the scoring on the be the primary scorer coming off the bench because you don't trust anybody coming off the bench to get, uh, to get consistent uh, baskets for that second unit so that's one if you replace uh, Sato with uh, Kobe in the starting lineup you're, you're not going to get that much scoring uh, so that will be an issue um, but in terms of pr- production I think the way it currently is in terms of Sato starting, um, seeing what Sato does, and then Kobe coming off the bench and see where he's at scoring wise, um, and then set him back down if you know it gets clutch and he's not having it that night. That's that's what the plan is, um, and if they are trying to win every game, which they're supposed to at this point, it's supposed to be past you know development. Unfortunately, the yeah. the development of Kobe White um, and his growth is gonna have to take a backseat, considering what the Bulls had planned in terms of going for the playoff.
0: No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? they'll make them count. See guarantee details at turbotax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. I think that's kind of,
3: to me, it's a little surprising to hear that as far as the way that Kobe White's going to develop, having to kind of take that backseat to the, to you know, wanting to win. And, and that's what Jim Boylan and that's what John Paxson and that's what Gar Foreman all told, told us on media day. I mean, there's a quote in the first two minutes of media day where John Paxson literally says, the playoffs should be our goal. That should be our expectation. Should we be fully healthy? The Bulls are fully healthy. Chandler Hutchison just came back from his injury too. So this team's fully healthy now. So if playoffs are the, that expectation, um, I find it a bit bizarre too because the comments that Jim Boylan made After the Lakers game and even this past weekend where he said, you know, it's really difficult to try and develop and also win games. And we're trying to do both of those right now. So I can kind of understand why that puts him in a weird position. It puts guys like Kobe White and Daniel Gafford, who are rookies, into a weird position, too, to just trying to find their fit. Uh, As far as Kobe White goes, though, for the fan base, I think people think it's a... we automatically think that Kobe White isn't any good and isn't going to develop just because we say he shouldn't start right now. And I think that that's misleading by the fan base. And people should understand, like, that's that's not a knock on Kobe White. He just needs time. Like, you can't send him out there when he's shooting 35% and 23% from the three and expect him to all of a sudden light it up just because he's playing around the starters. I think you brought up a great point, though, about the bench and the lack of scoring there. Can you tell me what's going on with Denzel Valentine? Like wh- what what is the situation? there because the offseason we were talking about him being a part of this second unit part of this rotation and being another option for the Bulls to have to score what's going on with him
2: if you look at Jim's history of not playing guys um, so far since he's been the head coach um, it all starts with how do you perform in practice uh, with him we saw it with Jabari Parker last season Uh, he sat Jabari because he felt like Jabari wasn't practicing hard enough uh, for his liking. And that's the only real reason kind of why is you're not practicing hard and I don't trust you. So for Denzel to not be receiving any playing time, um, I think he played, what, maybe one game? One he or played two in games.
3: garbage minutes.
2: Yeah, in when the game was already decided, that is really telling. Um, considering, you know, that the first preseason game where Dizelle got to play, uh, he seemed, you know, not extremely emotional, but um, a little bit emotional on, you know, fighting through all his injuries, coming back, playing in an NBA game in, you know, about two seasons, one and a half seasons. um, And he seemed kind of grateful that he was able to play NBA basketball again. And then after that, for him to seemingly be in the doghouse was was crazy especially considering that they are particularly weak at the wing position and having that body would you know at least he's not the world's greatest defender i'm not saying that but i mean he's still you know a bigger six 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 seven you know guy that can get you know in the way of people instead of him going to jim going to a you know a three guard lineup you have a legitimate wing available to him and he just doesn't want to use him so that tells me that he is not the gym not doing what he's supposed to do, you know, in practice, and he doesn't see a benefit of adding him to the rotation, which, you know, which says a lot.
3: That does, and like that's surprising to me too. Is, is the fact that, you know, he played him, and we saw a little bit in preseason of what Denzel Valentine was, and I was thinking more towards the fact that. Denzel is so far removed from playing in actual game situations that even with all of these preseason games and with all of the uh, preseason training camp that he had to go through, he still wasn't even close to being ready to go back on the floor like what we saw almost two years ago now. But it is a little bit shocking, and I kind of get that if Jim Boylan is going to be consistent on that the way he was with Jabari Parker last year then I'm, I think I'm all right with it. But it does tell you something that the fact that Chandler Hutchison was out, Otto Porter's been dealing with a handful of nagging injuries. You don't have anybody to play in that three slot. And Denzel is somebody who can slide from the two to the three and play there. So to me, I would be interested to see how that's going to continue to move along and maybe if Hutchison plays well then it's something we don't even have to concern ourselves with but for a guy that was a lottery pick, a guy that had come off the season previous to his injury shooting close to 40% from three it is really concerning that they considered him part of that bench uh, especially management and now he's getting DNPs left and right so I guess we'll have to keep our eyes on that but we're I guess to, to stay on the bench real quick and then we'll go back to the starters where else do you see the scoring coming from from this bench unit if it's not Kobe White on a certain night who else and if it's not Thaddeus Young on nights who else is going to have to step up to kind of score who would you pick out of that second unit uh to be the guy that can maybe step up and be more a little bit more consistent
2: I don't know man (laughs) you you, you, you you look at that that bench minus that minus uh Kobe I guess if if Gun to my head, if I had to pick one, um, it would have to be like Archie, you know, or Luke uh, Cornett. And you can't play those dudes for extended minutes, you know, in an NBA game. Um, I famously was saying I'm going to be on the Luke Cornette bandwagon this year. Um, I saw the possibility of what he can do offensively and what he can do enough of defensively, and that just not have not have gone the way that I thought uh, that it was going to go. I mean, he gets manhandled in the paint on a consistent basis. Um, I mean, he can step outside and shoot the three, which looks nice for, you know, seeing a seven-footer do that. But, um, I mean, he he knows where the ball should go, but sometimes it's just too late causing turnovers, and he just hasn't been great. But, yeah, minus if Kobe isn't shooting well um, and Thad is is seemingly – being more integrated into that starting group. Um there's not a lot on that bench offensively. Uh Chris Dunn had we've seen Chris Dunn play better um this season but nobody's depending him for an offensive outburst. That's just not what he's capable of doing. Um he's best served as a defender. But yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's that's what made what Jim after that Lakers game so crazy was that he refused to sub in as the Lakers were making that run, um, or call a timeout because he wants the bench to learn how to play winning basketball in a playoff. You know, you guys—it's insanity. It's—it was crazy. I mean, you should have seen the faces in that room when he said that. Like, <laughs> don't be kidding. Me? <laughs> Are you kidding me and it, it definitely in in some people i'm still giving jim you know some time but i understand if some people in that room were like yeah he i'm done with jim like i he's going to be fired and we will move on to the next coach i get that from some media people already having that you know in their mind so again talking about that developing the bench it's weird considering most of those guys that he's playing off his bench probably won't be here in the next three years outside of uh kobe white so who are you trying to develop
3: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Exactly. That That is my – and then the guy, the guy that you just drafted in the second round – probably will be here for an extended period of time, and he can't even see the floor unless it's two or three minutes before the closeout of a game where nothing means anything. So it it is. It's it's shocking. And like Thaddeus Young, like I don't even consider him really part of that second unit, like you had said, because he has spent so much time already with a decent amount of the starters, the way that Jim Boylan's kind of split up his playing time. So really, it goes back to who, Chris Dunn or Kobe White or Chandler Hutchison has to be your main scoring option. I think that's why I go back to Denzel Valentine and it hurts even more to hear that practices and aren't going the way Jim Boylan wants him to go. He's not giving the type of effort that he's get, that he wants out of Denzel Valentine. He's just supposed to be a part of this rotation and a key part of why the Bulls could score off their second unit. You look at a lot of the games already this season, the Bulls are getting outscored a shit ton by their opponents off the bench, and that's really where they're getting beat. Um, and then if the starters, too, have bad nights, two or three of these guys aren't knocking down shots, then you see games where it's a no contest like Toronto was just a couple of weeks ago, um, um, I want to stay on Jim Boylan for a second, but before I do that, uh my favorite time of year is right now. And well it was. Love fall, even though here in Chicago we get about one week of it. Goes from about 75 to 80 degrees straight to snow. Sweater weather leaves on the ground and threes from downtown. That's right. Uh, for, for some, it's fall season, but for the rest of us, it's ball season. NBA and NCAA basketball are tipping off, and there's no better way to feel a part of the action that have stakes in the game with MyBookie.ag. The Bulls are 50,000 to 1 to win the NBA championship this year. So if you're feeling lucky and you want to throw 10 bucks on it, go to mybookie. Dot ag dot to place your bets. The Hornets, Kings, Grizzlies, Knicks, and Cavs all have worse odds and the Bulls are tied with the Wizards right now at 50,000 to one to win the NBA championship. Other odds for the Bulls right now, 20,000 to one to win Eastern Conference, 5,000 to one to win the Central Division. Either way, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On NBA to activate your offer. That's promo code Locked On NBA to double Double your cash. Use your basketball knowledge to prove that you have what it takes at MyBookie.ag, where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. MyBookie.ag promo code locked on NBA to double your first deposit today. So, Tony, the, Jim Boylan, after the game against the Lakers, I don't, I don't know if there was like a point where he was ready to just completely explode and go complete 180 from what he was saying. I have no idea what his thought process was, but hearing him, that line where he says, you know, we're going to have a bench here in Chicago and I'm going to coach it and we're going to be great and this is what we're going to do and everything's going to be good and we're going to keep doing that. That, to me, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? All of these comments that he's made in the first few games, especially coming off of weird losses and not really having answers for anything... Uh, it was the most bizarre thing to hear him that he wasn't going to take the second unit out and didn't feel that he needed to take a timeout in the fourth quarter. What did you take away from that? those post-game comments after a loss like the Lakers on Tuesday?
0: Again, would you bring the starters back a little sooner? Nope. Why is that? Because I'm going to develop this bench. and I'm going to develop this team. I got I got, I got, got 15 guys to develop, and uh, I'm going to play them in those moments, and they're going to learn how to play winning basketball. I'm not going to... I have never... I never yanked guys i've never done that you know i'm I'm not i'm not doing that so we're going to develop that second group and we're going to have a bench here in chicago and i'm going to keep coaching it well it kind of made me think
2: that okay maybe he's not an nba head coach um and maybe he's best served as an assistant um, again, I'm still leaving out some room for him to kind of change that narrative, but when you see your team drowning, um, and they haven't recalibrated, you know, after six points straight, after ten points straight, after twelve points straight of, you know, uh of the Lakers scoring and you not getting anything. I think it's time to call a timeout. Um, if even if you're not going to make a substitution, you have four timeouts. Use one, and it was such out of character because we're so used to Jim using all of his timeouts that in this situation he chose not to. He said it was in his it was in his head and it was in his heart. But he, he didn't go to it and, and <laughs> what does that even mean I don't know i don't I don't know what that means uh and then to go on to say he doesn't yank players and it's like that's not true jim you you that's probably one of the more famous things that you're known for is yanking players um you pull your starters twice in a game you sat Wendell Carter jr and said. He can learn from the bench. You sat Laurie Market in four fourth quarters um, by choice. So um, he does that when people aren't playing well. He takes them off the court and and has him sit, except for the Lakers game. So that was that was enti- entirely out of character from what we've seen him from him so far, and it was just it, it, it's weird. It's weird to put. Especially again, and we and I keep saying this: beginning of the season, when you say you want to push for the playoffs, when well you lost the easy ones, um, and we kind of assumed you weren't gonna lose that Raptors game and this game specifically. So you're still trying to make up ground from the losses that should have been wins early on, and a game that you weren't supposed to win, you're winning, and you actively go in the way to make sure they lose that game. Okay. That was one of the more weirdest um situations of basketball that, that I've seen. Um and I'm not you know, I'm not that old, but it was really weird. And everybody else thought it was weird, the media thought it was weird. Jim didn't think it was that weird. So, you know, hopefully this was a learning, you know, situation for Jim. Uh and hopefully we don't have to discuss this, you know, anymore. Because if we think it's weird, and we look at and watch the team um, with context to everything that goes on with the Bulls, the national media without context, I mean, they would rip the Bulls. So hopefully that this he learns from the situation and and be able to go forward. That's the
3: you know after taking a couple of days to kind of digest it and go back and rewatch the third and the fourth quarter in that Lakers game, the only two explanations that I could come up with that. I could understand, I still don't agree with, but I could understand from Boylan is one, trying to inject some confidence into his bench by being able to stay out there and actually hold down a lead and close out the game against a a halfway decent Lakers bench and the Lakers bench decided to unbelievably torch the Bulls in the first eight minutes Uh, and then Anthony Davis comes back into the game and LeBron comes back towards the end Uh, but still maybe he was trying to inject some type of confidence in those that second unit giving them a little bit of confidence saying hey if we need to stick you out there in in a crunch time situation I have enough confidence for you guys to be able to do that Um, the other reason would be that he was disappointed in the starters and the way that they played in that third quarter and wanted to send a message to any one of them but that one is harder to kind of believe, kind of understand. I feel like for me, it was more about building some confidence up with that second unit and trying to stay with his guys and showing some trust as a coach. Uh, but not taking a timeout and not trying to stop the bleeding and bail your guys out, give them a break. Um, when you clearly could see things were going wrong. And this has been a problem with this Bulls rebuild for the first three years, is anytime the, uh, an opponent goes on some type of mini run, the Bulls just all of a sudden panic and don't know what to do, can't score, don't play any defense, and let the bleeding continue. So I those are the only two reasonable explanations that I have that he would keep those guys in there for that length of time against a really damn good Lakers team, one of the best teams in the West, too.
2: Yeah, he, he could have caught the Lakers having an off night and that would have been a confidence booster to win that game for his team. So the minutia of, I mean, let's say what, what you're trying, what you said is what he was trying to accomplish is into trust in his bench. Well, no, the win overall would have into trust because the, right. the, uh, the second unit did play well early on in the game. Um, but once things started to go down, there's a reason why they're reserves. There's a reason why they don't play as much as your starters. If they did, they'd be starting. So, but overall, getting to that win is a bigger statement, saying you guys can play with any team in the league um, would have been a huge confidence booster for that team and for that group. And, yeah, you could say, yeah, we kind of slipped out at the end, but you guys stuck with it and won that game for me it's a better message than you trying to send with what he did
3: real quick on Otto Porter. Should we be concerned at all about these nagging injuries that he yes. has had this yes. year and last year? <laughs> yes. Cause yes. I don't think he's been yes. fully healthy, right? Since he's been in a yes. bulls uniform, not a hundred percent. Right.
2: Yeah. Um, I think there are some chronic things that are just going to happen with him. Um, and they're just going to have to find workarounds and you kind of, you can kind of get that hint at the beginning of the season when Jim said Otto's going to be on a minute restriction, and probably won't you know play a lot of back-to-backs and knowing Jim knowing that he wants his guys to play for him to say that I was like oh okay Otto has some reoccurring things that are never going to go away um that's what I got from it and they just kind of have to work around it so this you know added foot injury uh that he has is kind of is what comes with having Otto Porter on your team he's kind of injury prone um and there's no no disrespect it's just a fact uh he's been injury in injured for a lot of his career especially in weight so yeah the bulls are going to have to just kind of get him you know in the best shape possible to put him out there but yeah these things are going to be throughout the entire season and that's a big reason why a lot of people including me didn't have him going to the playoffs was i'm not 100 percent sure that they're going to be healthy uh, the whole way, uh, the whole way through. There's no precedent set by any of those players outside of you know the rookies who obviously haven't been in the NBA that these guys, Zach, Laurie, Otto, uh, Wendell, can stay healthy for a majority of the season. Um, and they need if they want to make that playoff run, they need to, those guys to play as much as possible uh, for them to have the best chance to win games. To make that playoff push. So, yeah, I. Concerned would mean that it's unexpected for me. I'm not concerned. I just kind of matter of factly think they just. That comes with auto and they have to deal with
3: it. Do you think this is something that they've learned? through the month of September going into training camp, kind of understanding who Otto was as opposed to last year when they were in the middle of the season still kind of getting to know him. Um, do you think that this is something that they learned throughout training camp or this is something they kind of knew go, uh, going into the off season? I ask this because they didn't really address the one spot they're truly weak at right now, and that's the wing spot and having depth there. And I don't know if it's the fact that they they counted on Chandler Hutchison to be fully healthy this year, and on top of that, having Denzel Valentine fully healthy and actually being a part of this rotation where they felt okay. But if they knew about this in the offseason, it kind of concerns me that they didn't go out and at least try to sign a, another wing just for insurance. Um, Is this something that they've kind of growingly figured out or did have they, do you feel like in your estimation, they've known for a while?
2: I think they weighed their options in terms of what they had before and figured they deal with whatever came with Otto Porter, as long as they didn't have Jabari Parker on the team anymore. I think that when they made the move initially, that outweighed whatever health concerns that Otto brought. Um, and then going forward to the off season where okay, now you know, you know, his his medical reports and all of that, um, I guess they figured then that Denzel will be ready to go uh before training camp, um and able to contribute to this team. Also the signing of Thomas Sadaransky was I think they saw, Hey, six seven, he can play some small forward for us in stretches and spurts. Um, so I thought that move Uh, and the, the, uh, the Thad Young move of, well, he can guard, you know, threes. Um, he may not be able to play it offensively, but he can certainly guard threes. So I think those were their kind of checks, you know, and balances to, um, their plan for Otto. So they didn't sign an outright, this guy is a three going forward, but I think the moves of, um, Thad Young and In Thomas Adoransky in their thought that Denzel was going to contribute and a healthy, well, at least going to be healthy Chandler Hutchison uh, in the offseason was was the plan. Um, It just hasn't gone that way. Uh, So far.
3: Yeah, I think they expected Hutchison in and the setback was unfortunate for him this summer and going into training camp. And he said as much, too. He was frankly, he said he was pissed off. You know, he said he didn't expect it. And it was frustrating because it took just that much longer to get back after everything that's happened before. And he said it's frustrating because I was playing so well when I was hurt. But he's like, I don't really want to look back at that. I felt like I had a really good summer. So the setback was a little bit disappointing. So I guess that's something to maybe Put on the bookshelf and come back to in a couple of months and see where we're kind of at as far as what Otto's injury is. And I appreciate the Bulls at least keeping it keeping a conscious mind and saying, you know, we're going to limit his minutes. I want to make sure nothing major happens to him and he ends up missing a month or two. Um, but the last the last two things I've got for you, Tony, I'll let you get out of Uh do you see this team if this team continues to underperform and we're at the back end of December and the bulls are say 510 games under 500 um, things aren't necessarily improving and going the way that we wanted to that to that wanted them to go do you see any of the pieces on this team right now that could be end up end up being dealt away. And I know it's super early in the season to think about that, but I think it's fair if the Bulls continue down this path, especially with a really difficult November, you think they would stick with all the guys that they've got on their roster right now and play this out for an entire season.
2: Yeah. Because I think at that point, I think the, the chance of the playoffs will probably be kind of really low. Um, And I mean, they may not, you know, feel necessary. Like, hey, we're not gonna make the playoffs. What's, you know, what's the point of trying to make a, a big splash move, you know, at the deadline or, you know, anything like that. So I think this is this is the team. This is a roster, um, and this is they have enough young guys. They always talk on, you know, we're the second youngest team in the league. Well, at, maybe at that point we see. You know more minutes for for kobe or maybe he gets a spot start you know here and there where they're actually just trying to see you know a couple things once that playoff window starts to be inevitable inevitably closed um so yeah I, I don't think there's any moves you know out there for them for them to really make unless you know they have this type of you know some sort of epiphany and like well this jack and Larry thing is going to work we got to get rid of one of them um, outside of that, I don't think there's a, there's many more moves that they they can make um, with the, with the roster.
3: Yeah, and I, I think too, unless things just go absolutely disastrous, you know, Saturansky and Thaddeus Young are not on bad deals so I feel like if the Bulls are in that direction where they're like you know what this isn't working at all we're just gonna get, get rid of everybody and try this again next summer they could move Sadoransky to a team and he's on a decent deal uh, they could move Thad Young they could move even Otto Porter has had a ton of attention we get people tweeting at us already uh, that are fans of the trailblazers or the Nuggets and saying hey you know what if the Bulls are a disaster maybe Otto Porter is somebody we attack or go after um, so possibilities but I'm hoping that the Bulls season at this point doesn't end End up like that, but I figure we would just kind of put the put the layer out there for people to kind of understand what where this Bulls team would go should things go on the negative side. Last question for you, Tony: How many other coaches are is Jim Boylan going to add to his list of coaching haters? We've got Doc Rivers, we've got Dave Yeager, Igor Kokoskov and now Lloyd Pierce after the, the end of the Hawks game. Uh, Jim Boylan is the most consistent guy and I appreciate and applaud him for that Uh, I can only ask for somebody to be who they are and be consistent but I just find it hilarious that these coaches in the NBA get so mad about Jim Boylan taking timeouts in the fourth quarter which are kind of ridiculous but Lloyd Pierce last night was super didn't seem too pleased with the the timeout call from Jim Boylan either
2: yeah I mean especially coming off that Lakers game where he didn't call any timeouts in the fourth quarter it was certainly (laughs) weird to see Uh, him call those timeouts, you know, against Atlanta. And, I mean, he's going to make a lot of coaches mad. Um, And I don't think Jim particularly cares. Um, He's all about his team and what, you know, they do, Um, which is, you know, kudos, but still. You know, you should know the the landscape of how this is supposed to go. When you're up that much, um, you don't exacerbate the time by calling timeout after timeout. In the room right now with uh, with Herb Lawrence, executive producer of Bulls Basketball, and he was noticeably upset that Tim kept calling timeouts. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's I mean, you, this is the name of the game, man. I mean, you're gonna get fired eventually. I'm not saying he's going to get fired, but you get hired to get fired, you know, in professional sports. So, I don't know if you want to make too many of these coaches mad when, you know, you you're applying for your next assistant coaching job or so and you know nobody (laughs) wants you on their bench because of what you did uh to them so but i think that's just how jim is i mean he's just all about what his team does and getting his team together so um he certainly has that singular focus but yeah it's it's gonna it's gonna make some other coaches mad, no doubt, by the season's end. Super
3: long losing streak. Going into December, the Bulls are still at single-digit wins. Is there any possibility that there's noise brewing that Jim Boylan could be fired? Or, in your indication, if the Bulls go completely south, you think Jim Boylan still has his job throughout this entire season, no matter how it goes?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, Jim, I mean, that's, Jim is John Paxson and Michael Ryan's door's man's. That's their guy I don't especially after one year you know after giving him an extension which they didn't have to do they could have been fine just kind of raising his salary to you know the average head coaching salary and let him finishing finishing out uh, that term or do a year-to-year thing but they gave that man an extension that means they love him Um, so at this point in in the contract he can do no wrong you know to them so yeah I don't I don't see it them firing him after you know not even one season full as, as the head
3: coach. Tony, this has been fantastic. I appreciate you coming on and talking Bulls. It's been kind of an up-and-down ride, and I know Bulls fans are on the edge of their seat, to kind of seeing where this season's going to take us. Um, but again, Tony Gill, you can follow him on Twitter, at TonyGill670. He's the executive producer of the Lawrence Holmes Show, so make sure to listen to Lawrence Holmes every single day, Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Central Time here in Chicago on 670 The Score. Uh, also follow him on Twitter for all of of his bulls coverage and listen to the No Zones podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to that anywhere you get your podcast for another dose of Bulls basketball. Tony, this was a great conversation. I will uh I will see you around. Thanks for coming on the show.
2: All right, no problem. Anytime you guys want me on and uh, tell Max uh it's too early to be taking vacations. Let let Jim cook <laughs> and let's see what
0: happens. It's too early.
3: <laughs> I will I'll make a mention to it to him. Thanks, Tony. Have a
0: good one. All right see ya. Thanks. I, I, I thought it was uh I thought it was a real positive. Well, that's going to
3: about do it here on Locked on Bulls. Thanks to Tony Gill for jumping on the show with me. You can follow him on Twitter at Gill 670 Make sure you're subscribed to the No Zones podcast. Drops two or three episodes a week. Uh, he does a really, really good job, though. Um, he's an out of every Bulls game, to covering practices, covering the games. So he's done a fantastic job. So make sure you subscribe to that Bulls podcast as well if you can't get enough of Bulls news and conversation. I want to thank our sponsors for the show today, Indochino and MyBookie.ag. Again, at MyBookie.ag, they'll double your first deposit by using the promo code LOCK on NBA in it. Indochino $30 off three ninety nine dollars or more by using the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. So check out both of those sponsors. Thanks. Thank you to both Indochino and MyBookie.ag for sponsoring today's content. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley at Bulls underscore Peck and at LockedOnBulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line 331-979-1369. Your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us. We've been flooded with a bunch of voicemails. So appreciate everybody a- dropping us a call or a text. We thank you so much for doing that. We'll make sure to get to some of those tomorrow's episode. I think I'm going to try to fly through as many voicemails and as many texts as I can to kind of clean up that line for this weekend. So if you have some thoughts 331-979-1369 or you can always tweet at us as well at LockedOnBulls Make sure you're subscribing to all of the Chicago-based Locked On Podcast Network shows. That includes Locked On White Sox with Herd Lawrence. That includes Locked On Blackhawks with Jay Zawoski. Locked On Cubs with Sean Sears. And Locked On Bears with Lauren Cox. So whatever team that you follow with a passion, if it's more than just one, more than just this Bulls team, go ahead and subscribe to all of those shows. They put out great daily content as well and Locked On Blackhawks and Locked On White Sox are our new additions to the Chicago family as well as Locked On Bears and Locked On Cubs who have been a staple here at the Locked On Podcast Network so make sure to give them a subscribe as well as if you're not subscribed to our show make sure you are subscribe in whatever podcast platform you use that's Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anywhere you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe to our shows so you get them as soon as they drop. Uh, Drop us a review, too. If you like what we're doing here at Locked on Bulls, we'd really appreciate it if you took the 30 seconds to drop us a review wherever you like to listen to your shows. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. For Jordan Malley and my guest, Tony Gill, we are out of here. Bulls Nation, have a wonderful day. We'll be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan Malley, I'm saying I'm out of here. Deuces. Any chance Anthony Davis leaves L.A. for the Windy City? Hell no
0: going no damn Chicago let's stop this nonsense right now right now you look like the best team in basketball you are clearly a title contender and you're gonna walk away from all of that to go home to Chicago which really hasn't been relevant since Derrick Rose injured
1: his knee stop it locked on Bulls a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA for more content and to stay up to date, head over to lockedonbulls.com.
3: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app
2: today.